0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Australian Open starts on Sunday. Our usual all-night-to-morning marathons, it adds up to 110 live hours, plus afternoon encores. There's cameras on every court. They're all available on the ESPN app between ESPN3 and ESPN+. As you can see, we're joined by a pair of Hall of Famers, ESPN's Chrissy Everett and John McEnroe. We'll go around our cozy little room here and get to everybody. I'll say who's up and who's on deck, and we'll start with the Associated Press and Howard Fendrich. If you could unmute yourself, and then we'll go to Los Angeles and Helene Elliott. Okay, I'm
1: back. Sorry, I was. Uh, I had to turn the air condition on. Sorry, yeah, but j- nobody asks who our picks are. Okay, it's not fair. That's not a fair question. Well,
2: we- <laughs> By the
3: way, Um, text, no. Um, Hi, John and Chrissy. Thanks for doing this.
1: Um, Hi, Howard. I, uh,
3: let me start by just asking about the latest development down there in Melbourne, uh, this positive test of a hotel worker at one of those quarantine hotels. And so they've called off uh, play for Thursday uh, later today uh, over there in Australia, and um, just wondering sort of in general how precarious this whole thing seems to the two of you and from the standpoint of a player if you could put yourself in their shoes what do you think would be the hardest aspect of this whole thing with the quarantine the restrictions about practice time and things like that the mental difficulties physical difficulties If you could take a stab at that I'd appreciate
1: it and then your picks. <laughs> We're
3: just
0: kidding.
1: You know, I think the play. I think the players are just getting, um, you know, thrown off guard a lot. And I think it's going to demand a lot of patience and a lot of flexibility. And who is going to um, really adjust and adapt the best under those, like you said, precarious circumstances? Players are so used to routines and. You know, they just—they like to be in control, and and it's—they're not in control. I mean, even Djokovic, who is like a control freak, you know, he's—you just—you got to throw everything to the wind and wake up every morning and and just be ready to go with whatever is going to happen. It's not—it's not easy, but you know, one thing I think the the players appear to have his gratitude. I mean, I hear it in their press conferences and after being, you know, in a hotel room for 2 weeks, I feel like they're they're very grateful. This but again, this what happens if this happens again? What happens if players are there's are some players that test positive? I don't what's going to happen to the tournament? I I'm not an authority. I don't I don't know what will happen. John, what do you
2: think? Uh <laughs> I mean, this is obviously totally unprecedented, so uh, people, uh, the players, everyone around, everyone wants the tournament to happen, obviously, uh, after uh, going down there and spending a couple weeks, and I mean, a lot of the players not even able to leave their hotel room. I guess you have to sort of go into it, be prepared for anything mode, uh, look at the glass half full instead of half empty. Some players will be better at that than others. Um, It's always been a little bit uh, unpredictable when you have the first event of the year, who's going to be training the hardest over the uh, holidays and be as prepared to win the thing. So it's a a difficult one to call, but they may have to just go in with the mindset uh, uh, that this may take longer than two weeks. I mean, maybe they'll. If there's a test, the, the tournament will be delayed a couple days. I, I, I'm not really sure, but you have to sort of go into and with your sort of any possibility. I mean, I, at this point, the players are going to want to play the event. So even if it was pushed, if it took three weeks instead of two weeks, I think the players would do that. Um, I and I think that that's sort of their only choice. And I'm like Chrissy. I don't know what the protocol is. I. I heard that, you know, a couple people were tested positive on the plane and therefore they couldn't leave their hotel room for two weeks. So now you have a, some hotel worker who tested positive. Uh, what does that mean if he was around some of the male or female players or had some type of contact? Does that mean those players can't leave their hotel room for two weeks? I don't know. I read in the paper that you have, they have to stay in their rooms or uh, be quarantined until so they test negative. Well, they say sometimes you test negative, then two or three days later, you test positive, like this hotel worker. So, I mean, it's just totally crazy. Uh, but um, they had one case, one, in, in, in Melbourne. Um, so we're sitting here in the States going, wow, this is, uh, you know, it's a totally different ball game." They've had, uh, I believe, under a 1,000 deaths in the entire country during this entire pandemic, where we're at 450,000. I don't know
1: what well, to make. Yeah, it it I think I think it's um Look, they they flew all the way over there. They put in two weeks of quarantine. As John said, they're going to want to play no matter what is thrown in their face. And one thing for sure, it'll be an equal as equal a playing field as it's ever been because nobody's peaked. You know, no, nobody can say they're playing their best tennis. Um you know, the the lower ranked players, I mean, this is a time for upsets. This is a time for the lower ranked players to, to come through um, if, if they're ever going to do it against the top ranked players, in my mind.
2: I mean, who is the highest ranked player in the ma- male or female, or, or, or either one, that couldn't train for two weeks? You know, they couldn't leave their hotel room because that would seem to be. I mean especially if for a guy playing best of 5 if Djokovic couldn't have trained I mean as far as I know all the top players were able to train uh for 2 weeks. I'm not aware of any of the top players not being able to train. Um I believe some of the t- some of the women uh two yeah, or three Arthur, of the top team were
1: Yeah, Azurenka, Sloane so Stevens, yeah. Yeah. So
2: that would be uh, obvious. I mean I would say that would be a disadvantage uh in terms of you can't train, hey, uh I would think that would be like right. who has played. I mean. right? But no, the advantage is it's two out of three. So that's helpful. But uh nonetheless and, and then the weather, you know, if it got super hot, I mean that as we know, it's unpredictable there. So the whole thing is um it's been it's, it's been uh listen, everyone's making the effort, uh so let's hope it just goes well as well as hope <laughs> it can be.
0: Yeah. All right. We will uh, move on now to Helene Elliott at the LA Times, and following her, it'll be Mark Berman at the New York Post.
1: Thank you uh, for your time. Um,
3: just uh, wanted to ask the what's become now the regular question: Can Serena
1: win that 24th uh, Grand Slam? And do you think uh, you were saying about how maybe upsets? Could happen because of the unpredictability of the whole COVID situation. Just wondering what you think, what you both think of her chances um, given the uncertainty, and just given if you've seen how she's been playing uh, so far in the warm-up tournaments. It was, it was, you know, first of all, it's really hard to tell how the players are playing. Um, in but in saying that, she looked awfully good. <laughs> she's she's looked awfully good. If if anything, she's looked probably better than. Um, anybody else to me, you know, and when I say there, there could be some upsets to me, she's not what, I mean, she's not in the top five, right? Correct. So what I mean is somebody like her, even though she, you don't consider her an underdog, she still is. As far as rankings are concerned, she's the type of player that can come and win this tournament for sure. Because the top, the other top players aren't uh match tough in my mind. Serena doesn't need tournaments um, necessarily as, as she's proven in the past 20 years to play her best, ter- to play her best tennis. And she looks quicker than I saw her, um, you know, last year when she was playing the, even the year before when she was playing, she looks like she's really improved her movement and her, her fitness looks good. She's striking the ball. Well, um, this would be, and i the ideal time for her or a tournament for her to win. If you look at everybody else, um, again not struggling, but everybody else trying to find their form. You know, the question is, will they find their form at the Australian Open? I mean, I've watched Naomi, I've watched Kenan, um you know, I, I've I've watched most of these players, Simona, and nobody's in top form yet. So. I mean, for Serena to sneak in there and take this title wouldn't surprise me whatsoever.
2: I, I, I would just add that uh, there's got to be inspiration from you know watching Brady's 43, and uh, if not that Serena needs inspiration, but uh, when you look at sort of her, you know LeBron James is playing so great still and at that high level and. Uh, what Federer has done. I mean, obviously it's an individual sport and, and it, and I think a lot of it's depend on, is she, like Chrissy said, is she fitter or quicker than she was six months ago? That's a big, that would be a big advantage, a big, huge thing. If, if yeah. that was the case. Uh, so uh, that would be quite helpful uh, because obviously these girls now uh, when they play her, She's got the game to, you know, the big game, but they're going to want to try to wear her down if they could. Uh, so that's – and get her on the run as much as possible. So that that's a key thing. But um, she seems to be in a good frame of mind, and that's important. But you, you just don't know what will rattle these players. But she would seem to be one that could handle it better. I mean, as long as she's playing to me, I would pretty much pick her almost any time. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm at.
0: All right, let's move on now to Mark Berman at the New York Post, and then it'll be Rory Carroll from Reuters. Uh, yeah, are you guys excited or happy to see 30,000 fans perhaps each uh, day? Do you think that's a good move? And, you know, I guess Roger might be coming back uh, soon. Uh, talking about age, I mean, he's up there too. John and Chrissy, do you see it? a chance of him winning another grand slam or do you think maybe that time has passed?
2: It's hard to say with a guy as great as Roger Federer, uh, that he couldn't, I mean, to me, it's, it's going to be very difficult to win another one. Um, he's coming off a couple more surgeries. He's 39. He's going to be 40. I mean, Wimbledon to me would be his best shot by far. Obviously he's got, he could try that a few more times. And, uh, uh, but uh, so the answer is it's going to be more difficult, in my opinion, for Roger to win another one than Serena. Um, and as far as crowds, you, uh, I don't know if you saw the the exhibition they did for charity in Adelaide, where it seemed to be packed. I played there a number of times. You know, it's about a six thousand seat stadium. It was unbelievable. Uh, there, it's, it's incredible. I mean, listen, when we see 10,000 fans at these NFL playoff games were thrilled. And and they're like ten thousand people, you know. You hear Al Michaels sound like seventy thousand people, you know, and you're like, wow, what? Imagine what seventy thousand people would sound like. So, any sport, anytime, anywhere, we you gotta love seeing that. So, I guess that's the advantage of being isolated in another completely other part of the other side of the world in Australia and being an island that has twenty five million people. They've been able to sort of shut it down completely. So. The upside is now that these players, presuming hopefully this thing's going to be okay with this worker and they don't get other tests, they're going to have a lot of people there. And there's going to be an energy there It's going to be
1: unreal. You know, I think the players have said they feed, off a cr- they feed off the crowds. And, you know, crowds can lift you up. Crowds can get you, um, can change the momentum of a match if you're losing. Crowds can inspire you. I mean, there's so many positives to a crowd. And um, the atmosphere is so much better when there's a crowd. Um, so I think the players are, are, are really looking forward to it and are excited. And I think it, they will play some good tennis because of the crowds. Um, it, it's perfectly safe looking at the record of, of Melbourne. As far as Roger is concerned, I got to agree with John. I don't think, um, I think Wimbledon's the only shot he has. I just don't think he can win on the hard courts against a Rafa and a Djokovic as long as they're in this era with him. Um, You take those two out, he'd have a good shot. But boy, it's just that those two are so strong. It's not that Roger's not strong. It's just that those two are just getting better and better and um, peaking and but Roger, he does have a chance on the grass, as we saw uh, a year and a half ago when he should have won that match against uh, against Novak. You know, he's, um, it's, it's shorter rallies. It's better movement. It's, his serve can be more of a weapon. He can volley. You know, that's uh, – I think – and everybody would love to see that. But I agree also with John. I think if I were to pick either Serena or Roger – to win a Grand Slam. I just think Serena has still a better chance because she can play on all four of those surfaces.
2: Thank you.
0: Okay. We will move on now to Rory Carroll at Reuters and then Richard Pagliaro from Tennis Now.
4: Okay. uh, Thanks, Dave. Um, I'm just curious about uh, whether you see Rafa and Djokovic continuing to dominate the slams in the coming year, or has Dominic Thiem kind of made a case that he should be considered a threat in every one of those tournaments um, or was last year just an aberration and he's not really there yet. And is there anyone else
0: on the men's side you really think is a threat to those two?
2: Well, I think that uh, that's an unanswerable question. Number one, Uh, uh, how long can they do that? They've already done it longer than I thought they could do it. Um, so that's the first part of that. Um, these guys are putting themselves uh, with Roger, the three greatest guys that ever played the game. The way they've operated, and they've just intimidated these guys mentally, and um, and just figured out a way to just uh, stay a step ahead of them. And these guys, you know, have had to show respect. You always do that, but you've got to dig deeper. Like you got to dig than you've ever dug in your life in order to compete with these guys. Now, team didn't have to do that because Djokovic got defaulted, Federer didn't play, uh, and, and Nadal didn't play. Uh, so so that the door was wide open. Um, I'd like to see a guy like Medvedev. I think he's like a chess master to me. He's like basically my favorite guy to watch now because he just plays a different, you know, like old school a little bit. He's strategizing. He's thinking ahead. These are the type of guys that we need and that we're going to be seeing. I mean, you know, Novak and Ropper are going to be around a couple more years, and they're going to obviously be top to beat. Djokovic looks amazing, and Nadal, they both look incredible still. But these guys are getting closer. But, you know, ultimately – uh, they've got to believe that, and actually, you know, a sissy pass. Uh, he's got to look at himself and say, you know, I've got to do this to add to my game, and if I don't, I'm not going to beat these guys. But I can, and they're they're not they're they're closer than they've ever been, and it's more open and more unpredictable uh, than it has been for a long time. In some ways, because of the pandemic, the age, um, but these guys leaves no stone unturned. Uh, the uh, top guys. So they're going to have to step up and improve. You know, who's improved the most during these sort of crazy times would be would be the best answer to a question that we I, I think it'd be better for the game. if some of these guys beat those guys before they stop playing. It would be a shame if they just kept winning and they finally decide. It's like if Brady won again and he was Uh You'd be like, wow, unbelievable. He he loves the place so much. Maybe they do, and they're gonna willing to put themselves out there two, three more years, and then these guys can finally have a shot at them. But they got to step up.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. John had a great answer. I mean, I I can't even I can't disagree with that. I just I think Team and Medvedev are the two that I would think about um, as far as, and I think Team. team especially has beaten uh, all the top player, all the top players and has a good record against them. Medvedev is so talented and has to be confident cause he had a good, good year. Um, but it's, to me, they have the game. It's just about them believing that they can beat the top three legends of the game. Um, and uh, but, you know, Nadal and Djokovic, if they, if they just, if they stay the same or if they just, you know, back off a little bit, they're going to get beaten. They, too, have to continue to work on their game and to improve. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll now go to Tennis uh, Now and Richard Pagliaro. And then I see Cindy Smirler is joined. We'll uh, give her a shot.
4: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you for doing it. Um, I was going to ask both of you, do you see Naomi Osaka developing as like a dominant force, like a multiple winning more and more plans being a dominant number one? And then the second question was, we've seen the, the uh, CEOs of the ATP and WTA talk about synergy, doing more together. Like in an ideal world, what would that look like? Would it be a unified tour? Or would it be we play some more select you know, bigger combined events. What would be the best thing for the sport in terms of the ATP and WPA synergy? And then John, the late, great Hank Aaron was quoted as saying you were his favorite all time tennis player. Did you have any Aww. interaction with Hank Aaron? Did you know him? Did you meet him? Did you- That's nice.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, you made my day there. Right. Uh, said that, but I didn't have any interaction with him. Um, uh, I wish I had now, obviously, uh, but uh, that's quite a that's quite a nice thing to hear. So thank you very much for that, Richard. Uh, unfortunately, not. I mean, he obviously was a class. You know, it reminds me of Arthur Ashe, uh, uh, actually, like that same sort of the way he acted and presented himself and the dignity that he had and and the difficulties that he faced at that time and. Uh, the uphill battle that he had just getting the respect he should have had from the very beginning and, and the treatment. So that's, that's an amazing thing. Uh, So thank you for that. But as far as uh, uh, the first part of the question, um, uh, or the second, I'll start with the second part first. I think that the ultimate uh, in in the future within five years, I, I believe if we want to stay a step ahead and show something different to the sports world, we got to have the men and women play everything together. Um, we'd be a step of, a step ahead of people. We're the only sport that does it to some degree now. I think it's headed there. Um, I obviously there's going to be some uh, people that are going to not be thrilled with that, uh, and I get that. And it's you know I'm sort of out of the loop in a sense. But in order for us to make the type of progress that we could make. I think that there's an opportunity to sort of be a be ahead of the curve but that's going to require um you know these people to be able to I I don't know if it's going to happen because there's different mindsets but I I think it I think it will happen um and I think that I re, I can't remember what the first part of the question was uh,
4: Naomi that, Osaka
2: well Naomi Osaka, Osaka merges up yeah. you know I think Osaka you know I played an exhibition with her the day before Indian Wells was canceled. Um, and it may have been me, but she barely uttered a word the entire time that, you know, she was playing. And from that point forward, all of a sudden, so I saw her at the open and then she was sort of opening herself up and what she did there to sort of make, you know, people more aware of like her feelings, her beliefs, uh, the black lives matter movement, wearing the mask, of the different, uh, a number of different individuals that had been killed uh, was a huge, huge step for her, uh, I think, as a human being. And I believe that there was like some type of almost like in a way she was destined to win that. Uh, as far as being able to dominate, uh, I don't see her able yet to dominate the way Serena did. Um, by any means, but, you know, she's going to grow into her. She's growing into herself. You're seeing her grow up in front of your very eyes. And I think that's a great thing. And, you know, becoming the person that, you know, she didn't even know she could be. So that's a great thing. And I believe that'll help her tennis too. So certainly Mm -hmm. there's a limit, but, you know, she's got a lot, she's got work to do, uh, obviously. You know, you've got to, as Chrissy said about Rafa and Novak, you got to keep working at your game, and certainly things uh there's things that need to be improved, but she's also in a, a tremendous place to me, like mentally, which is great.
1: I think I think the one thing she has going for is she's the most explosive and the most powerful player out there right now. Um, with the you know, with the exception of Serena. we don't I'm not thinking Serena's gonna be around the next five or ten years. So I'm 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 not um including her in this group, but I mean, when I watch her, that racket head speed on her serve and her forehand—I mean, that serve is rivaling Serena, if not harder than Serena's now. And so, with that respect, she's got all the tools to become to dominate and become even a better player than she is. Um, In saying that, John made a a big point. She's had a lot of changes in her life, and she—you know—she's living she used to live in Boca Raton where I live. So I used to see her all the time and she kept to herself. They were very, you know, very humble, very, um, house, very humble beginnings. Um, didn't associate with too many people. They just, it was just she and her sister, mom and her dad. And her whole world has opened up now. She's living in LA. She's got a boyfriend. She's a role model. She's got endorsements. She's, the hunger still has to be there for her. The hunger still has to be there. Now, I, I, I kind of compare it a little bit with like when Martina came over from Czechoslovakia. And I, I know not that extreme, but Martina came from a certain environment, and then she came over and she same thing. She kind of went to the L.A. you know experience, and um, she and it affected her tennis for a little bit, but she settled into it. And once she Naomi settles into the growth that she's going through and the changes that she's made. um, She has to be true to herself. And at the same time, she has to really still want to improve and still want to still want titles. And I hope, you know, I hope with everything that's come her way, I hope that hunger has not dim- diminished. I don't see that it has yet, but um she has such, she still has so much room to improve. She, she can, you know, Learn to be softer with her hands, she can learn how to volley, but boy, she has that power quotient in her favor and uh, so I, I think she's the player in the future you know to look out for.
2: Thank you Thanks.
1: and by the way, about the about the men and the women um, i don't I don't speak for the women or for the wTA, but i I, I don't know if the women would join with the men if it wasn't equal prize money and i don't know if the men would want that so i think that there would have to be a lot of things that would have to be worked out before that you ever- think the
4: score do you think they'd have to go the men would have to go two out of three sets of majors or the women would have to go three out of five it, just to make the, the length of the matches equal at majors if that were to happen
1: well you're not talking about majors because majors does have equal prize money no you're no talking- but
4: i'm just i just mean just in general you know just as a
1: I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. I, I think
2: it, uh, by the way, I, I was saying that I believe that it will be equal prize money. Um, not and, and, uh, at all the events. Uh, and they will not change the best of five to best of three. I don't, I don't believe. If anything, they would change the men's to, to quicker uh, a match, not the women's to longer matches. Uh, if anything changes at all, there'd be a tiebreaker at the end of the fourth set, you know, a 10 point tiebreaker. I mean, that's where we should be headed. Not have the women play best of five. It's already taking too long. You know, these poor souls go out there for five, six hours. Sometimes fans attention span aren't that long. I mean, that's asking too much. Um, and you see it in all the other sports where they're shortening uh, uh, matches in games. They're not lengthening them. So um I don't see that happening, but I do believe when the tours are together, they will have equal prize money. Or they should.
1: But I guess what I, my my point was, I know that there are some top men players that don't don't believe that should happen. So that's what I'm saying. There's going to be have to be some things worked out. Great idea about ten point tiebreaker after the four set. That's a super idea. I, I mean, I go around junior tournaments and that's all they do is play 10 point tiebreakers, you know, and, and the, the ITFs and um, it, it, there's still enough points in a 10 point tiebreak so that you can play your way into the tiebreak. It's not like a seven point tiebreak where um, every point is like you're shaking in your boots, you know, so that, that John, that wouldn't be a bad idea.
4: Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks so
0: much. All right. We'll move on now to uh, Cindy Schmirler. And then I've got a couple questions from someone who uh, couldn't sign in from Canada, but she emailed me. And then we'll go around and give people a second chance.
5: Cindy, I see half your head. So oh, you well, that's intentional, it. Chrissy, because maybe I just was working out and I haven't—I have no makeup on, so forget it.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just worked out, and I <laughs> didn't—I did realize this was going to be Zoom. I thought so. I mean, I'm you, not neither did like I
5: that. until I logged on. No, that, I didn't look, I'm, I'm not looking I, like Marilyn Monroe right now. You know, it's like okay. the guy in the fence peering over. You, the,
1: you know what? Just show Thanks. us your face. If you're going to talk,
5: I want to okay. see All right, now. fine. Okay, fine. Okay. Hi, you guys. Hi. <laughs> I actually beautiful. have two questions, and John, you just hit. I know this is hilarious. <laughs> I, my face is getting redder by the moment, so thank you. Um, actually, John, you just hit on one of them, and it is the, the two out of three, the, the three out of five to two out of three sets. You know, it used to be that the Masters 1000s, the Davis Cup, everything for the men was three out of five. Now we're only down to the majors. Is it time to do away with three out of five sets for both men. Well, obviously women aren't playing it, but at the majors as well. And and both of you, and then I have one other quick question as well.
2: Well, my answer to that would be that I was always looking for that solution in the middle, which is two, two best of five, but say a 10 point tiebreaker at the end of the fourth set. Mm -hmm. That would be my compromise. You know, I wouldn't make it two out of three now at the majors. I would still have a, have a different, but, um, we're heading in that direction for a number of reasons. Um, and we want this sport to grow for God's sakes. I mean, we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time. I don't understand it. You know, we have this incredible sport. So we should try to make it as accessible and as many, obviously, so people can afford to play it is a big issue, obviously, but accessible in other ways so that, you know, they want to tune in and and to uh, – <laughs> Take advantage of all the the good things about the sport. So that would be one that I think uh, is a no-brainer, personally. But, I mean, I've been saying that for 30
5: years. John, should they start next week, given that so many players have had ill preparation going into the Australian? Should they just say, hey, we're going to play two out of three?
2: Actually that's a you know I hadn't thought of that, but i I would totally endorse that absolutely. I mean, there was a number of players fifty I don't know how many men and how many women out of the seventy two that were quarantined that couldn't leave their hotel room, but there's obviously some type of disadvantage they have one week, not to mention a lot of players come from you know colder climates. I was one of those when I went down there um Eastern European players the players all you know you have to go there a lot earlier. So maybe for the people that nowadays, I mean, I remember Yvonne was one of the first guys, I recall, that went a month early. I was like, too good. You know, you can have it. Well, guess what? He's got three Australians and I got none. Uh, so, um, so these guys have decided they moved there. So, you know, going and able to train five hours a day for two weeks, and that's pretty much what they would do anyway, you know, doing that. But having, having said all that, I think it would be a tremendous idea. I don't think the players would go for it, probably the top guys, like that radical a change then that quickly. But I would be, uh, hell yeah, as far as I'm concerned.
5: Well, that brings me to my, my one other question, and that is for both of you. And and, uh, and Chrissy, by the way, you're certainly welcome to chime in on the other. My other quick question is that – I was the- going
1: to, but you just kind of chimed in right after him. So, then you go first, and then I'll the <laughs> 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 ask well, very- I, I guess- I guess, the, the point, I guess what I was going to say was, um, you know, when you, I don't know if you can spring it on them now, like, okay, you got to play two out of three sets. I want, you know, two weeks ago when they're in quarantine, they should have had some discussions on, you know, zoom with the ATP, you know, I mean, they should have thought of this two or three weeks ago when this was going to happen. Don't you think? I don't know if you can just spring it right now. I think it's a little a bit late and I don't think they're going to do that, but my, and my other comment was, if you you had at the end of the fourth set, ten point tiebreak, wouldn't you want to do that for a third set for the women? Yeah. Split sets and then have a ten point tiebreak. I mean, I don't know, wouldn't you have to be uniform kind of if you're going to incorporate that? It's something to think about.
2: That's what they're doing now. Uh, isn't the Australian like a ten? I think the Australian the the, the final set tiebreak is ten point, isn't it?
5: That's just for doubles. I don't think they're they're not doing. No, it. no you got to play out okay. the set. Yeah. Just
2: a 10-point tiebreaker. Oh, oh,
5: yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. My yeah. other quick question for you guys is that overnight uh, it seems that there was yet another case of COVID positivity among a staff member at the, at the Hyatt, and now 600 players today, they're not playing matches today, and 600 people have to be tested, and this could be a disaster. Is there a point where you say, geez, this, this tournament is star-crossed, or do you just shoulder on?
2: You got to shoulder on. I mean, at this point, you cannot. I mean, I know, you know there's always like the devil in you, and then and the in your mind that tells you the negative stuff. And then you got to battle that and like look at the glass half full and realize how lucky you are to be a professional tennis player and an athlete and an opportunity. So you got to. I, I was saying earlier, if this tournament goes an extra week, you got to be ready for that.
1: Okay. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier Cindy about how, you know, they've they've made the trip over here. They've had the 2-week quarantine. They've 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 done their due diligence and and it, you know, they're not going to quit now. I mean, they're going to deal with it. They've got to be players have got to be flexible. They've got to be patient. They've got to adjust and, you know, my you know, if there's any fear, I just don't want it to continue like players are getting covid. You know, then it's going to be a whole different ball game.
5: Okay. Thank you guys.
0: You're welcome. Good to see you. Now, go All right, back let on. me pipe in here with uh, a question from La Presse in uh, Montreal. It's a similar question, uh, one to John and one to Chrissy. Uh, for John, uh, what do you expect from Felix Auger-Aliassime uh, this year, based on uh, how he has played so far uh, in his young career? And then the same question about Bianca Andrescu, uh, are you worried about the injuries uh, that she's had? So, uh, John, first about Felix.
2: Uh, Felix has an opportunity to be potentially the best player in the world uh, in the future. So that's there's not many players that you can say that about. However, um, this past year, uh, it seems like he's sort of leveled off. So um, he seems to be a very mature young man. Um, he's extremely professional. He wants it. Um, I don't know exactly what his coaching situation is, but he he's he needs to, you know, take that step up again. And I think he lost a little bit of confidence. His ranking should have been higher to me at the end of this past year. I don't know how, if he was affected by the pandemic, exactly what's gone on, but he's he took a, a slight step in the wrong direction and just sort of stayed the same. And other people sort of figured him out a little bit. So he's going to have to make a move, but he's got an opportunity to be right there with the best.
1: You know, Bianca, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Bianca. I'm, I I don't know if that was the best decision for her not to play a tournament um, because she wasn't prepared, properly prepared. Um, I, she hasn't played all year. She's fighting injuries. Her 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 career, her tennis career is going to be defined really by her body, you know, how well it holds up and she is injury prone. And when you haven't played for so many months and months and months, and then you play in a tournament, that's when you're going to get injured. So I, I just, I worry about her body, her injuries. And also I'm, i am It's a little worrisome about her confidence level at this point. You know, I, I, she just, I I don't know if there's a little fear there to play, but I just, I, I, I just question a little bit why, um, you know, unless there's something I don't see, why wouldn't you want to throw yourself in a tournament that really didn't count, but you just needed match practice before the big one, you know, now she's putting all the pressure on her. Now it's the big one is going to be her first match back (laughs) that to me you know um, is the worst of the two evils so um, i I don't I and I could be wrong this girl could come win the tournament and she could be full of confidence but it's just looking like she's just holding back from really um, you know giving a, giving it a hundred percent and being confident and being being healthy and because we've seen what happens when she is at her best but Will we see it at the Australian Open? I, uh, Considering she hasn't played, I, d- I don't think so. God, that was negative. But <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks.
2: Maybe she doesn't. Her coach tested positive. Maybe, I don't know if that's the reason why she couldn't have played a warm-up there. I'm not sure.
1: Well, no, it is. No, it is. She was on the plane. She couldn't yeah. have played. No, 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 no. She could have played a warm-up tournament, but she yeah, didn't she have could. any. For two weeks, she didn't play tennis. So... She withdrew because she felt that she wasn't prepared or right. Am I right or wrong? She wasn't injured. Right guys. Yeah. No, I don't know the answer to that. So I just don't understand why she didn't play this. Okay.
0: All right. Let's see if anybody has a follow-up question. We'll start with Howard and then Helene.
3: I just to ask both of you, your thoughts on uh, with Serena and this number 24, uh, Whether it it makes sense to even talk about this sort of chase of Margaret Court's record, uh, given the different eras, different circumstances, different draw sizes, all of that sort of thing, is it sort of doesn't make sense? And the fact that Serena has the Open era record should sort of be enough, or or is that still a number out there that does mean something because she did accumulate? that number
1: 24? You know, people love records, don't they? Mm -hmm. People love records. And I, for one, um, think that too much is made of Grand Slam wins, Grand Slam um, victories and tournaments. And I think that just as important is the career And this isn't because I was consistent and I had a good win-loss percentage, but, you know, I just think in our day, and I don't know if John played all the Australians. I mean, I played six out of 18 Australian Opens because it wasn't really a big deal. And it was during Christmas. And I missed three French Opens because of World Team Tennis. And so I'm like, you know, you know, I look at somebody like... um, Steffi Graf, for instance, who only won 21, but she she won the Golden Slam. She won the Olympics. And she won a Grand Slam in the same year. You know, I, I, so, you know, I just, I just think people like, people like numbers and people like records and people like breaking, seeing records broken and setting new records. And, but at the end of the day, um, to me, you know, I think you got to look at somebody's whole career, and that speaks for itself.
2: Well, I pretty much completely agree with Chrissy. Uh, it was different times then. I mean, look at the draw. You mentioned draw size. Take a look at the draws that when Margaret Court won eleven Australian Opens, how many players were in that? Who was in it? Um, how many players from out of the country played? As an example, so much more diverse in uh, amount of players and countries that are involved now. I played five Australian Opens out of 15 um, in, in my career. And Australian Open at the beginning of my career was less important than the Masters at Madison Square Garden or WCT Finals in Dallas. So I give them a lot of credit for reinventing themselves and moving it to Melbourne Park and putting it in on hard courts and changing the dates, et cetera, et cetera. But just, it's a, I think it's like Chrissy said, People love records. It's just another thing. Maybe it motivates Serena in some way, shape, or form. Okay. But to me, it should be uh, – it's its its an argument that's like who's, a, who's the best ever. Uh, thats a, You can say whatever you want, but this idea of comparing their records seems rather absurd. Chrissy just said she didn't play three French Opens. She probably would have won at least two of them had she played, and she would have won – bunch of Australian Opens, and then she would have had 24. So um, Borg played one Australian. Uh, he didn't play the French. They wouldn't let him play the French a couple times because he was in team tennis. Uh, so it's, I don't. I don't think it's really comparable.
0: Thank you both. All right, we'll go now to Helene, and then we'll uh, get to Rory Carroll.
3: I'm good, thank you.
0: Rory, if you have anything, and then it'll be Richard. I'm good too. I'm just wondering, is there going to be a transcript available uh, later? Uh, I'm hoping so, yes. There usually is. Thank you.
1: Don't show it to Bianca.
0: (laughs) Richard, do you have a (laughs) follow-up? You're on mute, Richard.
4: Can you hear me, Dave? Yes. OK, yeah, I have a follow up. Uh, what's the best advice a former champ ever gave you? And the second thing is you're both known as like two of the best ball strikers. Like you hit the ball clean. You're very precise in context of today's tennis. Who are the players you look at? Like maybe a Yannick Sinner, or just someone that you look at. Wow, they really hit the ball clean. And does ball striking as a skill mean as much in today's tennis with the different grips, the different technology as it meant when you were both in your you know, dominating stage
1: was the first one a former champion giving the best advice
4: a a former champion ever gave you
1: well i would have to say billy jean king kept telling me to move forward move forward go to the net you know move forward and go to the net i mean that was um i know it sounds silly but it was advice that um I learned at the end of my career to take and it, and it proved successful. I think that would be, that would be it. Um, as far as the other one, you know, I, I think all the top, I I can't even, I'm looking at Simona Halep. I'm looking at that, um, Naomi, I'm I'm looking at Kennan. I mean, you can't be a top player and not hit, not, not strike the ball unbelievably well in this day and age with these rackets, especially and the strings, you know, I think everybody strikes the ball, really clocks the ball really well. So I don't, I mean, I, I, I guess I would say, as far as ground strokes, if when Serena's in position and her feet are when she's having good footwork, she clocks it probably better than anyone. John, the best what advice,
2: advice. What advice if, did I give you? The best advice Chrissy ever gave me was. <laughs> I play the French open. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Uh, the best advice I ever got was when, um, I played it early on in my career. Uh, I had beaten Yvonne, uh, the first two times we played as professionals, we did play in the juniors too. And then he beat me, I think, seven times in a row and I was about to play him in the finals at Philly and Don Budge came up to me and he says, listen, John, uh, he used to be around the turn. So he goes, I think you should, when you hit your approach and come to net, you should approach up the middle. And I was like, uh, you'll take away his angle. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm going to (laughs) lose probably again anyway, and he should be able to do this. And then I went on a run where I beat him like, you know, eight out of 10 times or something. So, uh, that was, that was some tremendous advice. Um, uh, Good old Don. I can't answer the phone. Uh, and as far as uh, the, other, what was the, oh, the other, listen, the game is so different to me. Like when I played, it's hard. I I try to envision like who I'd play like, or, you know, what it would be like to even play in this type of situation. It's just so crazy. Um, uh, so I I look at it as like, we're watching a different game almost. So it, it's a breath of fresh air when you see like thinkers like me Medved- I mean, shop of all to me would be like, You know, he's like the guy that reminds me the most of what I would play like. Although, you know, he's a bit of a wild stallion, but if he's harnessed properly, he could, you know, do some. I mean, he's already a great player, but he's going to do some tremendous things potentially. Um, And then, because you you know, how many people serve in volley now? Uh, None. Uh, You know, or you know, Ivo Karlovich and you know John Isner at, at Wimbledon. I mean, it's you know not many. So. Uh, But, you know, these guys, uh, it's just a totally different way that they play the game now that I sort of, I I like it, but I also like to see some, some relics of the past brought in every now and then would be, would be good. If I could
4: just ask one more is uh, the Australian Open will be the first major, I think, with absolutely no lines people at all. Every court is going to be electronically called what does that mean for the sport are we in a new era now where we won't see lines people and how would it have impacted your relationship as far as you know <laughs> firing yourself up on the court stuff like that like what would that have meant to you if you'd you, like to take john Magaro put you in like a vacuum without that human sort of element
2: to it the, the second best piece i ever got was Nastasi, and he, he you know when you remember when cyclops came in and they were like, what are we going to do now? We, you know, we won't be able to yell at the linesman. He's like, macaroni, don't worry. We'll think of something else. You know, <laughs> to me, it's like if you could have a situation where electronic equi- uh, equipment is calling the linesman lines, right? What the hell would you need linesman for? I mean, why the hell would you have a human error when you would have it if it's absolutely right? It makes no sense. So I would have been a hundred. I could have saved a whole hell of a lot of energy <laughs> waiting my energy yelling, you know, hurting, you know, people that sometimes, even though I think the linesmen sort of liked me uh, deep down. Um, you do? They, they didn't like me a whole lot maybe while it was going on. And, 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 and I was, you know, getting a lot of people pissed off at me. So uh, I think I, I could have harnessed that in a different way. It would have been, I would have maybe really enjoyed that. So you live and learn. <laughs>
1: It's, yeah, definitely gonna, it's definitely going to. It's definitely going to change. I mean, technology has changed the world. It's definitely changing. Our, will change our sport. And I, I like the human element. You know, I like the linesman. I, I like making mistakes. I like, you know, I, I like the human element. I think it's, linesman. She loved yelling at the linesman. <laughs> who me? Who, me? No, I gave him. But I gave him dirty looks, and you know that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's just it's become. Uh, I, I just I don't know how to I don't know how I feel about it but I guess it's the fairest thing of all so I guess it's it's better for the tennis
2: If you like the human element then we'll, wait, I have a better idea have the, the players call the lines.
1: Then, oh, then you'll
2: see some interesting development Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah well, I've seen junior tournaments enough, that, that, that's not going to work
2: uh, no, well, that, But there's the, challenge you have a challenge system though and they could true. have a and then True.
0: Forgot about that. Yeah, true. All right. We will finish up with Cindy
5: Another if she
0: case. has any follow up.
5: <laughs> no, I'm sufficiently humiliated. The only thing I'll say to you, John, is that I was there in Philadelphia for that match you played against Yvonne. And I think you're lucky that he didn't do to you what he did to Vitas at the Masters that year, where he went straight at, at Vitas's forehead and sent him <gasps> falling to the ground. Uh, yeah, that. that was
2: also that was also the same year that uh Vetus made the greatest line in the history of tennis, as you'll remember. You know, no one beats Vetus Carolina seventeen times. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Love uh, it. that was, uh, that Love was it. a memorable event and um so uh yes, that's true. But he, he hit me numerous times. There's yeah, no I question. Know. More than any other human. Are you <laughs> dressed in or are we just uh
5: yeah, no, no. <laughs> <He's> naked. <laughs> Boy, oh, boy, am I going to learn my lesson on this one. Dave, I'm so glad I jumped in a little bit late. It's <laughs> really been fun chatting with all of you this afternoon.
2: <laughs> i got to do yoga class, too, so I'll be like you in an hour. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. It's a all right. Thanks a
0: lot, everybody, for your
2: time and interest. Hope Thank you're you, tuning guys. in next week. And uh, everybody take care.